Thank you for joining us today. As always, it is such a pleasure and a blessing to be with you. Last week, we discussed the forces of darkness in heavenly realms. And you might say, well, what does that mean? It means that we are talking about the devil and demons. Last week, we talked about the presence of evil. And that as Christians, we must understand that we are in a spiritual battle every day. We discussed that we need to prepare ourselves for this battle, to protect ourselves. That how we can be on the offense against the devil and the demons. If you didn't listen to this message last week, please go back and listen to that message. This week, we will be talking exclusively about demons. I want to start today by talking about the reality of the forces of darkness. There are many people that don't believe necessarily in the devil. They believe in God or they believe in Jesus, but they don't necessarily believe in Satan or demons or that there is a spiritual battle that's going on. And make no mistake about it. The Bible is very clear. There is a spiritual battle that happens every day. There is the battle for souls. That the devil is real. That the demons are there to tempt us, to turn us, to influence us. And for non-Christians to even possess and to take control of those humans. Now, before I get started, I want to talk about one specific thing. It's very easy for people to become obsessed with demons and to think that every challenge that they have, every sickness, that every uh, affliction that they may have is specifically related to a demon. This is not true. We live in a fallen world. We are fallen beings. There, are, there is disease in the world. There are terrible things that happen that are just in relation to a fallen world. But with that, there are times that there is oppression from demons, that there is influence from demons. So today we're going to talk about specifically where demons came from, how they try to influence or affect Christians and even non-Christians, and actually what we can do about it. One thing that demons do is they produce fear, and also demons and the devil use deception in all kinds of different ways to take, to take notice off of them to exactly what they are. They try to lay the blame or to use deception in some sort of way to reflect it back to someone else. When we look at and we approach spiritual conflict, one thing that we have to understand, that we have to know, is that we have to be prepared. As Christians, we have to put on the armor of God that we talked about last week. We have to know the enemy. We have to know that God is greater than the world. God is greater than the enemy. That what Jesus did on the cross gives us power, not by our own power, but by his power through us. Now, there's a lot of misconception and deception, like I talked about, that go along with demons. Some of that comes from Hollywood, where people come up with all kinds of stories and portray demons in one specific way or another. The only truth as far as demons go is specifically what the Bible says. So we cannot take Hollywood or what some other type of religion may have to say about demons. We have to reflect solely on what the Bible says about demons and not taking it from all of these other sources. 
that could lead us astray. We have to understand that scriptural truth and we have to let scripture and let the Holy Spirit lead us in every situation that we have. The other thing that we have to understand is the difference between demonic oppression or demonic influence and the difference between demonic possession. You see, Christians that are saved are filled with the Holy Spirit. And there is no way that the Holy Spirit would let a demon possess a Christian at the same time that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Christians cannot be possessed by a demon, meaning that a demon cannot overtake the actions, the thoughts, and totally control an individual that is a Christian. However, Christians can be influenced by demons. They can be oppressed by demons. And this can be opened by sin and a plethora of other things that we will actually talk about. When we talk about the origin of demons, where do demons come from? Scripture is not specific in where demons actually come from. The most widely accepted belief as far as where demons came from is that demons came, demons are fallen angels that they fell following Satan in a rebellion against God. We see in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, it says this, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountains of God far from the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Satan's ultimate thought here was to overthrow God, to take control. The Bible tells us that one third of the angels in heaven were also persuaded by the devil to rebel against God. Revelation 12, 7 says this, There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one who deceives the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. So here we see that there was a war in heaven. There was a time where Satan tried to rebel against God. That he was able to get a third of the angels in heaven to side with him to try to overthrow. And they, they lost this battle. They were cast out of heaven. And this begins their onslaught to humanity. The nature of demons. We see that demons are listed in the Bible under several different categories. One, one thing that calls them is unclean spirits. This term is synonymous with demons. They leave uncleanness wherever they go. Demons are personal. They are living. They are intelligent. They are emotional. They can be verbal and they are purposeful. And their job is to defy and destroy. Their mission is the same as the devil's. It is to consume all and destroy all that it can. You know, there are many people that think there might be nice demons or there are demons that can help them in certain situations. And there is a lot of um, new, new age 
religion that talks about these specific things. There are no nice demons. There are, these demons have one purpose, and that purpose is for themselves, and that purpose is to destroy humanity. That purpose is to try to get even with God, and that is every demon's purpose. There are no nice demon, demons. They are malevolent. Mark 9, 17 tells a story about Jesus helping this young child when the dad brought this child to Jesus to try to get relief from this demon. And it says this, it says, One of the men in the crowd spoke of him as a teacher. I brought my son so that you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that will not let him talk. And whenever this spirit seized him, it threw him violently on the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out this evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you, faithful, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to him. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Jesus said, How long has this been happening? The father replied, Since he was a little boy, the spirit often, often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus says, What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible to a person who believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and to speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and to never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, where he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone with the, in the house with his disciples, they asked him, How could we not cast out this evil spirit? And Jesus replied, This kind can only be cast out with prayer. And some manuscripts say prayer and fasting. You see, they are just like the devil. Demons want to kill, steal, and destroy. There are no nice demons. Demons can be physically powerful. They are intelligent. They can be verbal, but they can be physically powerful. We must remember there's a story in Mark verse five, or Mark chapter five, verse four. It talks about um, it, it, chapter five talks about this demon possessed man that wandered around these graves and these hills and. Uh, anytime somebody would try to chain him up, he would, he would break out of these shackles and he would break out of these chains. And of course, Jesus goes to him and Jesus heals him. And Jesus frees him from those demons. And once he is there and once Jesus is talking to him, Jesus asked them, what is your name? And they said, Legion. So demons can come in a pact. Demons can, you can be oppressed you can be influenced or someone could be possessed by a demon and be possessed or oppressed by more than one demon. This, demon, this, this voice that spoke said, we are legion, meaning more than 6,000. They are looking for a place of habitation. 
All demons are looking for a place of habitation. Gordon Lindsay says this, a demon finds rest only when it can secure habitation in a human body. Once it takes residence, it will remain there until it is forcibly ejected or until the person dies. Demons never leave on their own accord. We see this over and over again in Scripture where demons are told to leave. Demons are cast out. Demons leave based upon people's prayer. And we must remember, though, Jesus has defeated all of these evil forces. Colossians 2, 14-15 says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took away it by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. You see, demons have a specific way of trying to approach a person. It is not that they are out there just wandering around trying to... They look for opportunities. They look for sin. They look for certain opportunities to be able to approach, to be able to influence, to possess, and to oppress an individual. Jimmy Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans, uh, best-selling author, has written many books about marriage, end times, and was my pastor uh, for many years. He laid out he laid out the ministry of demons, and I want to share that with you. He laid out kind of a step of how you become afflicted, how you become um, oppressed or even possessed by a demon. And the nature of their ministry is, is the seducing and deceiving that they use. The first thing that most of the time what they will do is they'll use some sort of accusation against a person. This could include God. This could be uh, an inward reflect of someone else. And obviously these are negative thoughts. Or they could be negative thoughts about God. God to me or God for me. Um, or th- like I said, these could be about oneself. This could be that you're not worthy. And look for ways to, to bring you down. These would be things that, uh, that a demon would bring to you to, to make you reflect upon yourself. Demons also use deception. These doctrines of, deceiving, of demons would be false religions. Uh, there are many false religions that, uh, that are actually the worship of demons. These are demons that have set up a false doctrine for people to follow so that they follow, they're actually following demons so that they could be led astray and led to destruction. Worldliness. Demons will often use worldliness and try to focus our attention on things of this world to preoccupy our time so that our time is not set or not focused on God. Vanity. And then obviously confusion with vanity. You know, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't take a person that's that's not of this time not to look at social media and understand the broad captivation that all of us in this world or that the world has on vanity. If we can stay focused on all of these things, one thing can lead to another, which can ultimately put us more under the influence or more under the impression, oppression uh, of demons. And then ultimately, confusion. This oppression starts as fear and depression, confusion, sickness. 
Now, once again, as I mentioned before, we live in a world where not everything is a demon. Not every sickness, not every challenge that we have is a demon. But the demons are looking to use our sin to put us in bondage. This bondage can come from all kinds of different places. Emotional bondage, starting with hate, fear, depression, physical bondage, which can be addiction, disease, sickness, some sort of infirmity. Spiritual bondage can be occultism or false religions. All of these things, Ouija boards, witchcraft, all of these other religions that other people may follow, putting them under spiritual bondage. And as these things continue, and as somebody seeks these things out more and more, they can lead to increased levels of oppression, influence, or ultimately full control, which the Bible would call possession. Satan enters our life in a very real and distinct way. He does that through our sin, through our rebellion, and through our exposure to the things that are not of God. There are many other ways that we can be afflicted by demons, but it starts with our sin. It can also start with outward influences that happen to us. Things like physical or emotional trauma can give us more of a spirit of fear, rejection, or ultimately hatred. And we see too that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that as we become closer and closer to the end times, these, the, the demonic realm, this, the realm of the devil and the demons that power will increase. There will be more deception that will come. There will be more hatred. There will be more lawlessness that will occur. So you say, well, what do we do? First of all, we must repent and turn towards Jesus and turn away from our sin. The Bible tells us in James 4, 7, so humble yourself before God. I want to stop there. Humble yourself before God. If you are dealing with these things, if you are dealing with what you feel like, what I've outlined that would be oppression or influence of a demon, whatever those things might be, the first thing that we have to do is humble ourselves before God. We have to go before God and we have to lay out what our challenges are, what our sins are. We have to lay those before God. And the second half of James 4, 7 says this. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 John 4, 4 says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the, spirit of who, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So I would tell you, first of all, you need to stand firm in your faith. Last week we talked about the shield of faith. Standing behind our faith so that we can take on the arrows of the devil. But we also have the sword of the Spirit. 
We also have the Word of God that can help us advance against the kingdom of darkness. So I would tell you, first of all, repent. Take it to Jesus. Resist the devil. Resist that sin. It will flee from you. Keep your shield of faith. Stand on your faith. Your faith in Jesus Christ. And communicate your challenges to another spiritual authority who can help you walk through this challenge. And I'm not, I'm not talking about some shaman or, 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 or some person that you, you heard can come and cleanse your house or cleanse you. I'm talking about a biblically-based Christian, maybe a pastor or someone who has dealt with this kind of issue before. And I can't neglect if you have a, a physical affirmity or something like that, you have to rule out all of those things by going to see a, a physician or a doctor first. But there's a lot we can learn by getting in prayer with the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us and sharing that with other faithful believers so that we can have, so that we can have victory, so that we can have win. Now, as I've spoken, there might be some people out there that say, well, I, I'm not necessarily a, a believer in Christ and I don't necessarily, um, necessarily believe in Jesus. And, and so what does, what does that mean to me? It means you walk in a very dangerous, dangerous place. You see, as I've pointed out, the devil and the demons come to kill, steal, and destroy. Without the covering, without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit filling us. When we become saved, when we become a believer in Christ, when we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we are saved. If you don't have that, if we don't have the Holy Spirit residing inside of us, we can be open to that same influence, oppression, and we can even be open to possession by a devil where we or by a demon where we lose control and we actually hand over control through our sin to the devil. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how many good things that you've done because you're already guilty of so much. And that is why God sent Jesus to come to this earth to live a sinless life, to die, to raise from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death, so that whoever believes in Him can be saved. So I'm going to say two prayers now. One for our fellow Christians that are listening. I want to say a prayer that you have an increased measure of faith, that you resist the devil, that you pray, and that you don't fall into temptation of any oppression or influence that might be there for you. And then for all of those who would like to accept Jesus, there are no specific prayers or specific words that someone can say that makes them saved. It is a, it is a transformation of the heart. It is a realization of sin and the separation that you have from God and how heavy your sin is and a belief in Jesus Christ. So I'll say a prayer for you and you can repeat that after me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you told us and you've given us the tools to, to be free. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides in each one of us. 
that are believers, that can guide us in ways of truth, that can ultimately help us be set free. Not only, not only, not only through our salvation, but also through our life, that we can be guided and directed to live in that freedom. Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening. I pray you give us an increased measure of faith. You give us an increased measure of wisdom to be able to see the things of the world and to see the plans that the devil and the demons have for us. Lord, I pray that you give us that, that keen insight to know what is coming so that we can resist the devil and that he can ultimately flee from us. Not by our power, but by your power. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're still with us and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you and you can repeat these words after me. Like I said, the prayer has nothing to do with your salvation. It is a change of heart. But if you're willing to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ, you can be saved. Please repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and desperately in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came to this earth, that He lived a sinless life, that He died and rose from the dead as payment for my sins, and that by believing in Him, I can have eternal life. I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for leading me in ways of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer today, please message us. We'd love to rejoice with you. We'd love to pray for you and pray with you. And please like, share, subscribe, and share this message so that it can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.